Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Are you ready for the word? Come on, let's do it then. Wrapping up a series, it's kind of been, uh, I did one, then my mom did anniversary, and then I did one or two, and then Joe McGee was here, and I did one or two, then Dr. Vargas was here, which was great, and now I'm back in, and we're kind of wrap up the series on the anointing, and then October, we'll move on in November. Uh, but today, I really felt in my heart, I needed to take you from using the word anointing, which is great, right, and proper, and we need to do that, into what the anointing really is, or who the anointing really is. And it's really the person, presence, and power of the Holy Spirit. When we're talking about the anointing, we're talking about the Holy Spirit operating in our life. And that's like something's like, what? Holy what? And I think sometimes we wrestle with that. We, we, we've kind of probably on this journey come along to say, yeah, the anointing, I get it. I want it. I want to walk in it. And now you pull out the name Holy Spirit. Oh, hold on. It's kind of a bait and switch right there. Hold on. You didn't say Holy Spirit. Because I think in the world we live in today, there's a big misunderstanding of who he is. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But I want to help you see him for who he really is and the benefit he is in your life. He is the anointing in your life. And a relationship with him empowers you, enables you to walk in what God has for you. And the more that you relate to him, the greater the anointing or the greater the empowerment that you walk in. And so let's take a look at our founding scripture for the series, 2 Samuel 3.39. I love this. This is where it all began. This is where the shirt came from. And I am weak today, though anointed king. No matter what's going on in your life, if Jesus is Savior and Lord, whatever you're experiencing or facing, you might have just lost your job. You might, your back might be out. You might be struggling at home, your kids. I just want you to know if Jesus is Savior and Lord, you are anointed no matter what's happening in your life. So there's hope. So you need to know that. And so uh, when, we, when we looked at that scripture, David was uh, at a time uh, where he was ready to be king. That was the call in his life. In fact, the scripture said anointed king. You're anointed for whatever the purpose and plan God has for your life. And so he was a place very, uh, very disappointed in the season, just, uh, man, just broken because he was just about to step into that place of being king over both the kingdoms in Israel, Israel and Judah, the northern southern kingdom. He had already become the king of the southern kingdom, and all the things were working out for him to now be king over both kingdoms, and everything changed on him in a moment, and he was just distraught. He was disappointed. He was depressed, and he wrote that and just encouraging himself, and I can't help but think of him thinking about the time that he was anointed, because that's what we do, right? Do you ever think back the time that you gave your life to Christ? You need to. You ever think about those moments that he did something amazing in your life? You need to. You need to go back and remind yourself of those things. And so because if he did it then, he'll do it now, right? Amen? <laughs> and so he, thinking back, I believe, where Samuel anointed him. And probably many times he had to think back to that. Because he was anointed 20 years before he ever became king. But yet he was still anointed on his journey. And so let's take a look at uh, Samuel. First Samuel now, 16. We're going to look at verses 1 and then 13. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I've rejected him as king over Israel? <laughs> Says the Lord. <laughs> that sounds like great emphasis. Do that again. <sighs> Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. For I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. So God had a new plan. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And listen to this phrase, because I love this. And from that day on, whenever that was, that day on, listen to what it says, the Spirit of the Lord, or the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully on David. How did the Spirit of the Lord come on David? 
you guys are so much better than first service. No one answered that one. I was like, crickets in here. I'm like, seriously? And it's right there on the screen. Anyway, so the, the Holy, how does the Holy Spirit come on, David? How does the Holy Spirit come upon you? Because he's the same Holy Spirit, not a respecter of person. But listen to what it says. The Holy Spirit came powerfully upon David came upon David. Because you know in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon you. God would be there walking among you. God would speak to you. And in the New Testament, now because of a relationship with Jesus Christ, we have the Holy Spirit in us. So he's not speaking to us externally any longer. He's speaking to us internally. He's not relating to us externally any longer. He's relating to us internally now. His voice is not an external. It can be, but it's not external from through or some somebody else. It's internal through the person and power of the Holy Spirit. So understand there's a Holy Spirit experience when you give your heart to Christ. You surrender your life to Christ. And, the, and now all of a sudden, uh, when you do that moment, the Holy Spirit comes in to live and abide inside of you. So now you have the Holy Spirit within you. But there are times when the Holy Spirit can come powerfully upon you. In fact, he only comes on you powerfully. He just doesn't come meekly on you. And I don't mean that like, but I want you to know he comes to powerfully on your life to encourage you, to build you up, to strengthen you for what he has for you. But there are those moments that we need the Holy Spirit to come upon us powerfully. Oh, we have him in us. The moment we give our life to Christ and surrender, he comes to live and abide inside of us. But there are moments where that outpouring of the Holy Spirit comes and he comes upon us powerfully. I'm gonna talk about that today. Talking about the Holy Spirit and the anointing. So, so uh, let me tell you uh, that the Holy Spirit only comes from God. Just in case you think there's other ways to make or manufacture, create this. 1 John 2.20 says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have the presence and power of God from God. It only comes from God. You, you can't pray enough, beg enough, cry enough, hope enough. It comes from that relationship with God. You've been set apart, specially gifted, and prepared by the Holy Spirit. And all of you know the truth because he teaches us, illuminates our minds and guards us from error. It's a lot of benefits to the Holy Spirit. Again, the anointing on our life is the person and presence of the Holy Spirit. And anointing means divine favor and divine empowerment. So Jesus, though, he tells us that one day he tells the disciples, I'm going away and I'm gonna leave you, but I'm gonna send another. Take a look at what it says in John 16, seven through 15. So Jesus has been on the scene and now he's telling them what's gonna happen and they're not really understanding. They don't want him to go anywhere, but Jesus is emphasizing, no, it's better that you have the Holy Spirit in you than you have me walking with you. So he says this in John 16, seven, but truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away, which they had to say, what? It's better not to have you here with us, walking with us, talking with us. Unless I go away, the advocate, advocate means one who represents me, one who stands in my place, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I gotta go because I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit to you. When he comes, the Holy Spirit, he will prove the world to be in wrong about sin uh, and righteousness and judgment. About sin because people do not believe in me. About righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can no longer see me. And about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Now listen to verse 12. So this is after Jesus is setting them up. I'm going and I'm going to send another, my advocate in my place to be with you and you need him. Because I have so much more say to you, more than you can now bear. 
He goes, I'm with you externally. I'm talking with you. We're walking together. You're looking, seeing stuff. But there's so much more God has for you. It can't come externally. It has to come from something internally. And he's saying, I'm getting ready. Well, here's what he's saying. Here's what we'll understand. I'm getting ready to download God's presence and power in your life. He goes, and in order for you to have the fullness of God in your life, because you can't bear it in your natural being, there needs to be a part of you that's like God. There needs to be a part of you in a sense like you surrendered your life to Christ and now there's a time going to come. You're going to surrender your life to Christ and now because you have a new spirit, a recreated spirit in you, like the image of God, that's the part of you that can receive the fullness of God. So he's setting him up for a download. What is he saying? I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you a download of God's power and anointing. That's what he's saying. So here, let's keep going on the scripture then. Uh, he will, Spirit of truth, he will guide you in all truth, not just the truth I've told you, but all truth. You'll know truth because the Holy Spirit in you. He'll not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. I love that. He's not there to talk about himself. He's not there to speak about politics of the day. He's not here to speak about popular culture. He's not here to speak about being politically correct or politically minded. He's here to speak only the things of God. In fact, he can't speak it unless he hears it. He can't speak it unless he hears it. So if he says to you, it's going to be okay, you're going to make it through this. Where did he hear that? He heard it from God. It's not just something, oh, I hope so. It's like, oh, no. And then you're like, oh, I hope so, Holy Spirit. It's like, no, I know so because I heard it from God. Because if I didn't hear it from God, I couldn't say it. You speak, your back's going to line up in Jesus' name, he says. How does he know that? Because God said that. We're going to put back that marriage that's broken, that family that's been broken. Those prodigals are going to come home. How do you know that? Because God said it, because I can only say what I hear in heaven. He'll only speak what God says. So when he speaks to you, it is from God himself in you. Come on, we need that in our life, right? We need that Holy Spirit operating in us. He only speaks what he hears. And he'll tell you what is yet to come. That's important because we're praying about and talking about what is. And he's like, what, I'm going to talk to you about what will be. Don't get caught up in that moment. Look ahead to what I have for you in faith. Let's take that step. Let's keep going. Don't live there. Don't camp out there. I got it. But I'm going to tell you what God says about that. But yes, then I'm going to tell you what's ahead for you. So you can, don't get locked into this place. You can see what's ahead for you and get up and keep going. I'll tell you about what's to come. Uh, uh, let's see. He will glorify me because it's from me and he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. I love that. Jesus is sending another just like him. We need the Holy Spirit in our life to operate, walk in the anointing. He is the anointing. It's a download. It's a new operating system that we needed in our life to have the fullness of God operating in us. And now we have a new nature when we give our life to Christ. That's why it's possible. Old things are passed away. All things become new. In fact, in Genesis 1, 26, God said, let us make man in our image. Now, we don't know exactly what God looks like, but we're not all walking around looking the same. So we know it's not an outward thing, but an inward thing. So when God breathed life into the first man, the first being, he breathed his image, his nature in there, and it's been that way ever since when we come to Christ. So we're, we have a new nature inside of us to made in the image of God. It's the part of us that can receive the full download of God's presence and power through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in you is what receives that. And here's what I know. Most people love the idea of having a walking in the anointing, the divine favor and power of God. Of course we do. But a lot of people have a hard time with the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. 
And I want to tell you, the anointing is the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And he's not weird. He's not spooky. He's not goofy. He's not crazy. People are. He's not. <laughs> if people are getting all crazy, and they do, and that's the turnoff, it's because they were crazy before the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but he's one that is in decency and in order. And so I just want to tell you that he is the one in decency and order. Now, I want, to make, I want to take a different look at the Holy Spirit today from the standpoint of his origins. That, that sounds funny. You'll understand it as I explain it. Because I think typically our picture of the Holy Spirit is just what happens in the book of Acts. And you might be thinking, what happens in the book of Acts? Well, we'll tell you in a moment. But a lot of us look at the book of Acts and what happens with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we take what we know about the Holy Spirit from that moment. But he's, much, he's been around much longer before that. And we need to understand him, to, well, to fully understand him, we need to go back to the origins. And again, because typically we know, what we know about the Holy Spirit is from the book of Acts. We know Holy Spirit, fire, tongues, and all that. And I'll talk about all that, and I think all that's great and wonderful. But you need to go back to the book of beginnings. And the book of beginnings is the book of Genesis, because he's here from the beginning. And now what we just read in John, Jesus is trying to prepare his followers for what is in him to be downloaded into them, because he has to go away. That Jesus is going to have an internal relationship to the Holy Spirit. In fact, when you look at the book of Hebrews, we're not going there today, but it talks about um, developing, exercising your faith, exercising the things of the Spirit so you understand them better. The more you walk in them, the more you'll tune his voice in. The more you step out in faith, the more you'll see him moving. So there's something to be said about operating in that and growing in that, and we'll see that. Now, when we talk about the New Testament, when we talk about the book of Acts, we talk about the book of Beginnings, it's important for you to understand that the book of the New Testament, the New Testament begins with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and that's the story of Jesus, right? How he came to earth, his birth, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. I think it's interesting when you compare and contrast the two Old and New, Test Old and New Testament, you're talking about Old Covenant, New Covenant. Hold on to that thought. So we know Genesis is the beginning of the Bible, but I want, you to, I want to plant a seed of thought in you for a second. Do you know that really Acts could just possibly be the beginning of the new covenant? Because in order to enter into a covenant, blood had to be shed. So what you see in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see the sacrifice, Jesus shedding his blood. You see his death, burial, and resurrection. And then you see the ability for man to enter into a covenant with God as is expressed in Acts. So really, Acts is to the New Testament what Genesis is to the Old Testament or to the Bible. So Genesis is the book of beginnings, and Acts is the book of new beginnings. Genesis is the book and story of creation, Acts is the story of recreation. I'll explain that in a moment. And so, but you need to know this. It's the same Holy Spirit in both. It's just God doing it again. So turn to Genesis 1-1 for me. Genesis 1-1 through 2. Here's what the Bible says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless, empty, Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters. We see you can't even get to the, past the second scripture in the Bible, and you see, already see the Holy Spirit moving. You see the Holy Spirit hovering. Another translation says moving. You can't get into the beginning story without seeing the Holy Spirit moving, and he's still moving today. So here we see the Holy Spirit is moving He's moving the Holy Spirit, and the moving of the Holy Spirit starts the creation process. The Spirit moved, and then what happened? What happened in, uh, let's see, can, we go, can you bring up verse, I, I'm skipping around on you, can you bring up verse 4? 
3 and 4. In the, um, let's go back to Genesis. Let's go to Genesis 3. I'm, I'm totally switched on them. Genesis 3, here we go. Genesis 1, 1, 2, we just read that. Let's go 3. Okay, I'll read it for you right here. Here we go. No, I won't. Because uh, I gave them I gave them what I had on this paper. I'm, let's get it. Okay, let me just do it this way. Okay, we're going to go. Genesis 1, 2, the Spirit is moving, and then, and we know the story, right? And then God speaks. What does he do? He speaks, Genesis 1, 3. He speaks to light. He speaks, and there's light. And then he speaks to the waters, and the waters separate. There's waters down here, and waters up there. And then he moves on, and then he speaks to the land, and land forms, comes up out of the deep. And then he speaks to seed-bearing plants. So what is God doing? The Holy Spirit is moving, and then what happens? God speaks. The Spirit moves, and God speaks. In the beginning, the Spirit moves, and God speaks. And what does God speak to? He speaks to things that were without form and void coming into order. When God, when the Spirit moves and God speaks, that which is in disorder comes to order. When the Spirit of God moves and God speaks, light comes into darkness. Are you with me? When the Spirit of God moves and God speaks, He brings life where things were lifeless. So now let's go ahead. Guys, now put the Acts scripture up there for me. Okay, now we're jumping ahead. Now we're jumping to Acts. So here we saw in the beginning, the spirit was moving, God speaking, order came of chaos, light came in darkness, and that which was lifeless now had light. In fact, I just, this is interesting to me. He spoke to, what did he speak to? He spoke to light, then he spoke to water, then he spoke to land or soil, and then he spoke to seed. White, light, water, soil, and seed. What's happening here? Something's being planted for a harvest later. You need all four of those for a harvest. All right, hold on to that thought. Okay, so now we jump in ahead to Acts. Now, Acts is the book of new beginnings. And so here we see, suddenly a sound like the blowing of violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to appear, tongues of fire separated and came to rest on them. What's happening in that moment? The Holy Spirit is moving. The Holy Spirit is moving in that moment. So what happens then when the Holy Spirit moved? God speaks. So look what happens in verse 4. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. What's happening? The Spirit is moving and God is speaking. The Spirit is moving. What happened in the book of beginnings? The Spirit is moving and God was speaking and a creative process started. What happened in the book of Acts? The Spirit is moving and God is speaking. And what happens? A creative process starts. It's the same Holy Spirit. God's just doing it again. Now, let me, let me stop right here for a second because I want to talk to you about something uh, that sometimes can just throw us a little bit, and that's where it talks about the whole... Could you put that back up, verse 4? Could you put verse 4? All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. I, I, I want to say this, and, that, and that, here's, our, here's our struggle. Here's, here's, the, here's the struggle for people. First of all, I want to say, yes, we are a church that believes in speaking in tongues. I want to apologize for it. I live my life that way. Heavenly language, I love it. Every single day, I use my heavenly language. This church was built on that for 41 years. It seems to have worked for me. Now, I know things can get crazy, goofy, weird, but those are weird before that happened already. It's just not, I just, I don't want to make fun of that, but I'm like, that's not necessarily what we see happening here. But I'm not here this morning to talk about speaking in tongues. We'll have another time like that, so nobody get up and leave. We're all right. <laughs> now, those of you that do, don't get up and leave because I'm not going to right now. I just... We believe in that. I believe in that. I hope you've been here long enough to see that we're okay. We're, we're normal, somewhat. And, um, but what I want you to understand here is when the Spirit of the Lord is moving and, the, and, and it fell on them and said that they began to speak. Can, can I just tell you this for a second? That You know what, to me, that also speaks to? 
It speaks to you and I opening our mouth and saying what God says. Because here's what I believe then. Because if Genesis is the book of beginnings and Acts is the book of new beginnings and you see the Holy Spirit move and God speak and a creative process happens and uh, order comes to instead of chaos and light and darkness and life to that which is lifeless, when all of a sudden we find ourselves in Acts and the Holy Spirit moves and God's people who are recreated in the image of God because everybody in that room had gone through already a recreation, if you will, a new birth, because in the book of John, it says Jesus, after he was resurrected, went to visit the disciples, and he found them hiding in a room because they were afraid for their lives, and he shows up and talks to them, and what does he do? The Bible says he breathed on them. In fact, John 20, 22, let's take a look. And with that, he breathed on them. And what did he say? He said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus has already been resurrected. So he already bought freedom for mankind. He already went to the cross, paid the price, went to the grave, came up. So now he breathed the Holy Spirit on man because he can. And so in that breathing of the Holy Spirit, their spirit, man, that is recreated then. Now they have the breath of God, the breath of life. Remember when God said, let's make man in our own image. And when he created, he breathed life into them. Jesus then comes and he breathes life into man and their spirit man is recreated in the image of God. And so now they're in the upper room. Come on, they're all in the upper room. So people in the upper room recreated the image of God, that Holy Spirit inside of them. Now the Holy Spirit falls, starts moving, and they start speaking. They start speaking as one who is a child of God. They start speaking as one who has the authority of God. They start speaking to darkness, and light comes. They start speaking to chaos, and order comes. They start speaking to things that are dead, and they come alive again. Why? The Holy Spirit power, the anointing in them, is now operating because it came upon them. And how does it come upon? Powerfully. It's the same Holy Spirit. There's not a different Holy Spirit in Acts that weirds us out. We're okay with the Holy Spirit, but that Acts Holy Spirit, we don't want him. No, it's the same one. From Genesis to Revelation, he has not changed. He was the God in the beginning, and now he's the God in the new beginnings. He was the God that created the world. Now he was the God in Acts that created the church. And so they come out then, and now they, they've sat under that, and the Holy Spirit has come upon them powerfully, and they begin to speak. What happens? Peter goes out in the streets and begins to speak. The Holy Spirit's moving. The man of God speaks. What's he do? He speaks to the chaos in the life of mankind that's there gathered from every nation. He speaks to the darkness and speaks light into that. He speaks to the dead sin in their life to come alive in Jesus' name. 3,000 people give their life to Christ. The church, is, the church starts there. So Genesis is the book of beginnings, but Acts is the book of new beginnings. But it's the same Holy Spirit doing what he's always done. He moves, God speaks. He moves, God's people speak. Life's changed. It's the same Holy Spirit, not a different one. The anointing, the anointing, the anointing, the anointing. It's the anointing. So... And let me say, it, that's, that, that's, that's God's plan from the beginning. God didn't just come up with a new plan in the New Testament because all of a sudden everything changed and we got to come up with another plan. It was always his strategy. Take a look at Acts 1.8. Let me read that for you, Acts 1.8.9. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And after this, he was taken up before their eyes and a cloud hit him from their sight. He was preparing for a download. Those of you that have already have the Holy Spirit in you, the Holy Spirit's gonna come upon you. 
if you want them. Amen. And it comes upon you powerfully. And so why? Because when he starts moving, so you can speak powerfully. Amen. So you can speak light in the darkness. Amen. You can speak order to chaos. You can speak life to that which is lifeless. Amen. Now let me tell you something, because what happens is this is what we just described as the day of Pentecost, and that really kind of throws some people. Oh, those Pentecostals. Oh, this church is one of those Pentecostal churches. I, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I, I believe in Pentecost. You the Pentecostals, you the Holy Rollers, you those guys that do that? No, I, no, I, I don't do that, but I, I guess I'm Pentecostal. Mom, are we Pentecostal? Yes, okay, we are, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to run a lap, Mom? Okay, all right, just checking, just checking, okay. <laughs> but we get, we get messed up with that Pentecost thing. You know those Pentecostals and stuff, and it's like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I am, yeah. Because you know what the Pentecost is, the Feast of Pentecost, which is what happened this day. They were gathered for the Feast of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell powerfully. You know what it is? Pente means 50. We're all freaked out about 50. (laughs) 50, Pentecost is 50. And you know what Pentecost also is? Pentecost is a feast of harvest. Oh, come on. Pentecost is a feast of harvest. What happened on the day of Pentecost? The Spirit was moving. God's people spoke powerfully the word of God, and 3,000 people, harvest came. Harvest came. Now listen. Now, in order to really understand Pentecost, you need to understand what it came 50 days after. Why 50 days? Well, because 50 days before Pentecost was what we call Passover. Now, Passover, in case you do not know, Passover is what they celebrated because when God's people were in bondage for 400 years, he sent a a deliverer, Moses, and Moses said, let my people go. And Pharaoh said, no, and all these plagues came. And the last one was the death angel was gonna sweep through there and kill all the firstborn. But God's people were told, if you go find a spotless lamb and sacrifice him and you take his blood and you put it on the doorpost, the death angel will pass over you because there's been a substitute in your place. And so that's Passover the death angel passed over those who had the blood of a spotless lamb on their doorpost. That's Passover. There, if you have a Passover, you have to have a Pentecost. If you have a Pentecost, you can't have a Pentecost without a Passover preceding it. If you have a Passover, you need a Pentecost following it. Come on, somebody. The problem with the church today is we'd rather live in Passover and not step into Pentecost, but the Holy Spirit is moving and waiting for people to step in and speak out with the authority of God in Pentecost because there's a harvest. There's a harvest. We got to get out of Passover into Pentecost. And all that means is we got to step into the moving of the Holy Spirit because we've experienced Passover, the shed blood of Jesus Christ, the spotless lamb who went to the cross and shed his blood for mankind. And if you receive the substitute and his blood on your life, if you will, as the Passover, now you need to step into the Pentecost and you need to embrace the Holy Spirit upon you powerfully, which means simply when he's moving and he is, you speak with the authority of God. You speak, life in, you speak life into your broken body. You speak life into your broken marriage. You speak life into your broken family. You speak order in the chaos that is your world. You speak, when your family feel like your teenagers are steeped in darkness, you speak when the Holy Spirit moves and you speak, darkness leave and light come in Jesus' name. I was just gonna teach today, I wasn't gonna preach. Thank you. I know, that's, I know that's Tammy without even looking over there. 
It's for harvest. It's for harvest. So, as some people asking me all the time now, just because of what's happening in the world, are we in the end times? Are we in the end times? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't say, I don't say all the end times. I know we're one day closer than we were yesterday. Right? And people are thinking it's just getting so bad and getting so bad. How do you know we're in the end times, Pastor? And I'm like, yeah, I believe we are. How do you know we're in the end times? I'm like, because I read my Bible. Well, what do you mean? What do you mean you read your Bible? How do you know the end times? Because my Bible says in the end times, the last days will be pandemics. Bodies lying in streets. Race turning against race. More people hating than loving. Parents turning against their kids, kids against their parents. And last night, the Bible says there'll be wars and rumors of wars and senseless struggles. There'll be food shortages. We see that today. There's food shortages around the world. My Bible says, how do you know in the last days? I read my Bible. My Bible says in the last days that I take a bag of gold to buy a loaf of bread. Are we there? Bag of gold to buy some gas, maybe. I don't know, but all joking aside, yeah, I believe that we're there. And so the next follow-up in that conversation, next thing that they'll say is, well, then, how about the rapture? When do you think the rapture comes? And for those who may not know, the rapture is when Jesus comes back and takes his bride, his church, all those that have called upon his name to heaven with him, gets us out of this place. But can I just say this this morning? The rapture is not the answer to the end times and the evil of the day. You know what the rapture is the answer to? All will hear, and then the end will come. You know what the rapture is the answer to? The harvest. You know what's the answer to the end times? Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit moving and God's people speaking. The Holy Spirit moving and God's people speaking order in the midst of chaos. The Holy Spirit moving and God's people speaking light in the midst of darkness. The Holy Spirit moving and God's people speaking that which was dead come alive again in Jesus' name. That's the answer. It's for harvest. <laughs> the rapture is not God's answer. It's God's people walking in the anointing of God and the person empower the Holy Spirit on their life to bring in a harvest so when the end does come, we take as many people to heaven with us as we possibly can. And that's the answer. Amen. Amen. My heart, my hope today, and kind of bringing this series to a close, is to go from using the words anointing, which is right and proper, but turn it into the Holy Spirit because that's who he is. And so maybe we'll understand him a bit more by looking. He's always been here. God's plan has always been for the Holy Spirit activity. It's not just a book of Acts thing. It's all through the Bible, but it begins in Genesis. It's just an Acts. It's God doing it again. And he's created the world in the beginning. Now he's created the church to be his hands and feet, to walk in his power and anointing and through the creation process, bring order to chaos. <laughs> Speak to it. Bring light to darkness. Call things that be not as though they are. Speak to it in your children before they go to school. Speak to it in your spouse when you come home from work. Speak to it when your kids are caught up with people they never should have been friends with, but yet they are, and you speak to that in Jesus' name. To speak to your neighbors, to walk down the aisles of Walmart and H-E-B wearing an anointed shirt or not, and to speak the Holy Spirit activity into that place. And God will bring somebody across your path because he's looking for a harvest. And his anointing is there for you to walk in to see a harvest come. My praying this out today, my only thing I knew to do how to, how to close this is have a moment, create in a moment, an opportunity and an environment, if you will, for those that want to step into that place. Because here's what I know, the Holy Spirit's moving. Amen. 
But it's up to you to receive what he has. No one can do it for you, only you can do that. But here's where it starts. It starts with a relationship with Jesus. So you need that first initial encounter. You need that first, saying yes, first time saying yes to Jesus where he breathes the Holy Spirit in you, changes and transforms you, where old things are passed away, all things become new. And then you can step into that place of that outpouring where the Holy Spirit that's within now, the Holy Spirit is coming upon powerfully like he did David. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.